0: So let's jump over to the second part of the post game show. Penn State defeats Iowa thirty-one to nothing. The Hawkeyes seem to have uh, little to no resistance there uh, whatsoever, but I think it's more so the fact that Penn State was just that dominant.
1: You are locked on Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Thanks so much for making Locked On Nittany Lines your first listen and watch every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Zach Seiko, your host, joined now by Zane Bransfield, who is helping out the show this season. And before we move any further, download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for $20 off. Your first purchase. Okay, Zane, you were there as a fan, so you kind of got a a different perspective out of this. Uh, But Penn State really doing a good job. I don't think it's that. I Because Iowa's a top 25 team, and they could finish as a top 25 team. But Penn State has now put itself into the tier with Michigan and Ohio State. That was my biggest takeaway, is the fact that if you look at this Iowa game, Penn State is now in the same conversation. They have to beat them still. I get it. It doesn't matter. Well, we're in the same category, but you got it. You want to be able to get over the mountaintop, not to the mountaintop. And that's where Penn State is right now. They are at the mountaintop. They got to get over the mountaintop, which is Ohio State and Michigan this season, or this season's all for a, a lost cause here. But they dominated Iowa, not because Iowa is lackluster, but because Penn state is just that much better. And they are a college football playoff contender. They're not a pretender. They are a contender this season.
1: And I think the other big thing about that is like Penn state went out there and dominated by doing simple plays. It wasn't like they did anything extravagant. Yeah, exactly. They just played, they played simple football. Like we didn't have any super long plays. Aller just threw it to Lambert mm-hmm. Smith or Theo Johnson, whoever was just wide open. Maybe for like, the longest i think we had was like a 33 yard play and that was late in the game and so it's like those simple like little first down plays and even getting 5 yards at a time if that's how penn state's going to win and keep our guys healthy like we haven't seen a lot from Nick Singleton this season he hasn't been mm-hmm. as hot as what he was last year same with Kcharn yep. Allen yeah but the fact that penn state has those weapons and knows what they are capable of just shows that when penn state goes to play ohio state or michigan or even like in the national playoff like race and against those guys, Penn State's gonna take off because people don't realize how good Penn State's offense is because they are keeping it on the down low. They're not showing everybody what they're capable of really like getting at. And the fact that Iowa is that good of a team and let Penn State score thirty one points and the defense didn't give up anything for Penn State, like I think that just shows Penn State can't be that good and people don't realize that this is just like a portion of one Penn state is capable of.
0: Yeah. The Hawkeyes are, I think they are a top three defense in the big 10. I really do. I think I would go Penn state, Michigan, and then Iowa, frankly, I, I really would. Ohio state actually did impress me against Notre Dame. So I really, maybe I'm just trying to be as biased as I can against the Buckeyes here, but the Hawkeyes do have a good defense. It's because, it's because they have a bad offense. I, I, I'm, I will criticize Brian Ferentz's offense left and right. Kirk Ferentz has got to find a way to just casually – just give, give your son the pink slip, okay? Just just do it. It won't, it won't bother anybody. And, and Iowa fans certainly know how bad it is. They, they want Brian Ferentz gone. They even want Kirk Ferentz gone, some of them a, as well. But it, it's a symmetrical type of relationship, Zane. If your offense, and that's why Penn State's defense in 2021 was actually really good, really talented, had a lot of NFL players in the making on that group, and they were coached by Brent Pry. But when you you constantly, you're bent, you're bent, you're bent, eventually you're going to break. And that's what happened. Penn State's offense is so good this season at sustaining drives. They can play physical. They can play finesse. They can go over the top. They can go underneath. It doesn't matter. Penn State's offense is dynamic in ways that it hasn't been since the prime Joe Moorhead years when they had Trace McSorley, Saquon Barkley, Chris Godwin, right, all the, Mike Kosicki, all those guys, 2016 and 2017. Ricky Ronnie's offenses were good, but they weren't Joe Moorhead's, and they certainly aren't this version of Mike Yersich's. So Penn State's defense benefits from that as well. They're well-rested. They can go over the game plan a little more, whereas Iowa's defense... From a talent standpoint and an execution standpoint, yes, they are top three in the Big Ten. They're top 20 in the nation. Argue with me about it. I don't care. But when your defense is constantly out on the football field, eventually you're going to give up points, and that's what happened. Eventually, Iowa gave up points. They made their stops, and early in the game, it was pretty close. It's like, all right, you know, Penn State really isn't jumping out to an advantage, but this is why the game's played over four quarters and not just the one. Because to start for the first 10 minutes, yeah, Penn State and Iowa, it was pretty close. And then Penn State is able to wear you down, wear you down, wear you down. The offense isn't helping you out because it's quickly three and out out off the field. And then the defense is like, man, we got to put our helmets back on and try to stop a well-oiled machine that Penn State is. Penn State isn't just good at sustaining drives. They are good at that. But then they have the talent to take the top off and have the big plays when they need them. But they're just deciding that, they don't need them at this point. They want to do that. And James Franklin pointed that out in his press conference yesterday. He said, I had to tell Mike here, not specifically this, hey, Mike, don't get bored, but remind him, hey, use these plays. Don't kind of sit back because Iowa will, I mean, they're still a good football team. They will try to do things to get back into the game, but don't give them a reason to. And I think that's what James Franklin was saying when Iowa's defense can bore you to sleep. And that's when they prey on those instances of your uh, your lack of sightedness, okay? When when you don't see the football game as clearly, because hey, we are we are getting kind of bored, we are getting lulled to sleep, and James Franklin and Mike Yersuch together are doing a good job of making sure that wasn't the case, at least
1: in this instance. Yeah, that's exactly right because Penn State's offense had the ball for forty five minutes out there, yeah. which which is
0: ridiculous. Almost like, almost one hundred plays ran by Penn State. Yeah, and like,
1: there's nothing else that Iowa can do. Like, if somebody has the ball for that long, they're bound to score at some point. But thirty-one is crazy, especially for that Iowa defense. But they they just get tired. Like you said, like Iowa try to tire Penn State out. Oh, well, Penn State has so much depth that's not going to do anything. We have guys to the third string who are just as good as the starters at some exactly. positions. And so Penn State's able to do that. And it's like, like the only time Penn State was really slow was at the beginning of the game. We had four punts the whole game, which. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, we could get that number down, but four punts is not bad at all. And Penn State's going to continue to keep dominating like this. They came out slow. They wanted Iowa to think they were in the game, and then they punched him in the face, and that's okay. going to happen every week. And Penn State, like, I think the only games Penn State comes out red hot, throwing the ball deep because Drew Aller wasn't throwing the ball much that first drive when we got the ball. And so Penn State's going to come out hot against, like, Michigan, Ohio State because they have to strike first to get on the board. But, like, Against these next couple opponents, Northwestern, UMass, Penn State might not score even until the second quarter because you got to make it seem like they're still in the game. Let the guys rest and then go out there and let them cook. And Penn State's gonna continue to do that and show why they are a top team. And I think Penn State is gonna eventually like keep working their way up in the rankings. Like we're up to number six now, which first of all I think we should be higher than that, but that's another discussion. And but Penn State's gonna keep going, and I think it's something people should keep their eye out for is this how good this Penn State team is
0: we're looking for your comments we are getting spammed actually in in the YouTube comments section so we we want this to be a conversation we want to talk some Penn State football with you on this post game show so if you got a thought about Iowa Ohio State and Michigan the Northwestern UMass games and how Penn State should approach these next three weeks let us know we are going to share some more thoughts about Iowa and then a, a brief preview of Northwestern in just a moment. First, let's hear from another one of our sponsors of today's episode, and that is Game Time. You got to download the Game Time app because buying tickets to your favorite events should not, it should not be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for everything, sports, music, theater, comedy, all those events near you. There are a lot of things to like about the Game Time app experience. First, the flash deals and last minute tickets i know people that use the game time app to find their tickets for beaver stadium and the whiteout game you get those flash deals and last minute tickets only on the game time app exclusive discounts that are made available to you on those tickets and it's easy to find and buy tickets in your area and my favorite feature is personally when you're looking at an event and it's like where am i gonna sit well game time has the perfect view so you're not guessing when you're buying those tickets, what the view is going to be like and how you're going to enjoy the game. Lowest price guarantee and event cancellation protection as well. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account and use promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create that free account. Redeem promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And Locked On is amping up its college football coverage with Locked On College Football Kickoff Live every Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time across all the Locked On College YouTube channels. I've done a segment since Penn State is a college football playoff contender, and that's what the show is devoted to, previewing the weekend slate of games, talking about the college football implications, big college football news, and so much more with the talent that the Locked On Podcast Network has to offer. Again, every Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time across all the Locked On College YouTube channels. And then when the show's finished, you can find it wherever you get your podcast to play it back uh, at your disposal. Zane, I I think that really Penn State has taken a step forward. Penn State is able to wear down opponents like they haven't had before. I want to try to summarize this as best as I can. Penn State dominated the likes of an Iowa team that probably two years ago, definitely would have gave them fits. Like the Iowa team, Penn State is now built to take on opponents like Illinois, like Iowa, in the ways that they haven't been able to before. And that tells me everything I need to know that they are, in fact, a college football playoff contender. This isn't some aspiration. They legitimately could go 12-0 here because I like the way that they match up against Michigan. I like the way that they match up against Ohio State. Penn State is actually strategically built To take on the Buckeyes which is why I like them I am more confident than I ever have been that they do beat the Buckeyes in this instance Michigan they're a good team and they are hiding what they have to offer I don't think they've taken a step back I really do think that they are also a college football playoff contender as well Penn State is but Ohio State a little bit of a slight they impressed me though with the Notre Dame one they have impressed me but Penn State is strategically built to take on the likes of a Ryan Day-coached Ohio State team. And now they're better equipped to take on Jim Harbaugh-led Michigan team. So in this instance, Penn State's schedule breaks perfectly with this three-week window of they can fine-tune the machine that they are against competition that's not going to threaten you in Northwestern UMass, and you have the bye week in the middle there, before you get into the heart of your schedule, with the Buckeyes, the Terrapins. I'll throw them in there. The Terrapins are a top 25 team, in my opinion, and the Wolverines. So Penn State uh, has an opportunity to avoid injuries, save plays that they're going to need later on in the season, and get those guys who don't have experience, get them the experience they need.
1: I think it was just looking at how Penn State utilizes their experience and, like, preparing guys like Girard, like, this was the whole plan was to like prep Drew Aller yep. to be in this position, right. but even like KJ Winston had a lot more snaps yesterday. And like, I was impressed with that cause they need to prep him. Cause like we're Johnny Dixon next year to the NFL draft. So you gotta get him ready. And Tony Rojas too, getting him more snaps is big for Penn state just to build that depth. And like you mm-hmm. said, I also think Wolverine like the Wolverines in Michigan haven't really showed us much Ohio state on the other hand, Besides Notre Dame, they haven't really been that impressive because, like, they played Youngstown State and beat them by 20 points. Like, they should have beat them by, like, 30-something. So, if they're the same team, but this year I'm not sure yet. So, obviously, Ohio State was playing Penn State at the same time, so I couldn't watch both games. To watch that back. But Penn State, I think, is on a different level than Ohio State this year. Wolverines mm-hmm. in Michigan are obviously the toughest game, but I think Penn State can still get by them. It'll be definitely a tough game. It'll be all on the offense and all the defense to see what can happen. And Penn State's only advantage there is that it is a home game. Because otherwise, you play that game in Michigan, like Michigan, I think, could win that game easily too. So it's going to be a big toss-up. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what Penn State decides to do. Both teams haven't showed a lot. It's going to be tough scouting for Franklin and Harbaugh because they don't know what to expect. Exactly.
0: They're concealing a lot of stuff. Yeah.
1: So it'll be something that most of their scouting is going to come from watching the first half at halftime, trying to figure out how do we stop McCarthy or how do we stop Drew Aller. That's going to be their biggest discussion because you can't really prepare for a game like that. You just have to keep going off of what you do have and be like, oh, we know McCarthy can run. We know Blake Corm will punch it up the middle. But Penn State can only prepare so much if they pull out some crazy play the middle of the game. And they're not expecting it. They just have to keep getting their defensive guys repetitions, even the second string guys, in case something happens. Like, you don't want to see like a Curtis Jacobs or a Robinson or an Abdul Carter get injured. But Mm -hmm. if something happens, you need to be able to turn to somebody, whether that's Tony Rojas or somebody else off the bench, or even Mm -hmm. just giving Dominic DeLuca more snaps and just being able to trust them is going to be Penn State's biggest opportunity. And most important keys going into the next couple of weeks of so their toughest part of the season.
0: And James Franklin has admitted that Penn state, uh, at least at this point in time is in a position where Trey Wallace played last night, but he certainly wasn't a focal point in the office uh, offense. It was Keandre Lambert Smith. It was the tight ends, right? The tight ends got involved in the passing game, which was great. Theo Johnson uh, had more receiving yards. Tyler Warren caught two touchdowns. Drew Aller threw four touchdowns in that game. I just they were able James Franklin said it after post-practice in the middle of the week that Amari Evans and Trey Wallace were available, but we don't have to use them because they're not 100%. We want them to be 100%, but Penn State's in a position where not only can they conceal those plays, but they can conceal the players, too. They don't have to force guys into they can bench Olu Fashanu halfway through the game if they want. And I know that was Delaware, right? They did that with uh, Delaware. Uh, with Norzad and Fashanu. But Trey Wallace doesn't need to be on the field and they need him, but they need him. They will need him for Ohio State and they will need him for Michigan. So Penn State is playing the the long game with all of that. Now I, I think that should put a lid on Iowa 31 to nothing. They got to figure it out with with Brian Ference because the defense is really good, but Iowa's not going to be they could win the Big Ten West and Penn State could hypothetically see Iowa again. And I think Penn State uh, this, the Penn State team that we know is coming, but we just don't, most people don't know how great this team is. That one that could hypothetically make a Big Ten championship would absolutely embarrass the likes of Wisconsin and Iowa. Northwestern, they got to go through them next week. Penn State is actually currently a 26 point favorite. Our thoughts on them in just a second, but a word from DoorDash. Do you love the convenience of getting what you want right to your door? With DoorDash Grocery Delivery, you can stock up for the week or order last-minute cravings conveniently. You've trusted DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites, and now you can get grocery delivery that actually delivers. With thousands of grocery stores to choose from, you'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order. You'll get exactly what you ordered, or we're going to make it right. So sit back and enjoy quality groceries just like you picked them out yourself. Get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to a $20 value when you use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE at checkout. Limited time offer, terms apply. That's 50% off up to $20, no minimum subtotal, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code College. Don't forget, that's code College for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. Locked on Nittany Lines is your go to podcast for happyvalleyinsider.com. Penn State rivals, check them out. Dylan coming over to help us out on the live post game show in the first segment, happyvalleyinsider.com, talking Penn State football and now recruiting in the mix as well. Before we get to Northwestern, we got another comment on the live post game show. Again, we want to hear from you. And Josh says, Great win by Penn State last night against an offenseless Hawkeyes. I like that terminology. CBS Sports did a decent job of covering the whiteout game, which Box Sports would have marketed it more than CBS Sports. That's true, but Fox is, they are hellbent on putting that game at noon. And I've had, episode, I've had episodes and podcasts about this. The Everydayers, I hope you're tuned in, and maybe some people will be able to say this in the comments, but Penn State does not want to white out at 12 o'clock, 3.30. It needs to be at night, and it needs to be earlier in the season, because look what happened. I'm surprised that the attendance was as good as it was, but just imagine instead of rain and upper fifties, maybe low sixties, you get thirties, snow, or just that, that cold, frigid rain. It doesn't even have to be snow. It just has to be that nasty, it has to be that nasty rain. No one's gonna not a lot of people are gonna go to that game. Okay. So Penn State strategically wants that game at night because the whiteout just pops in the nighttime atmosphere, okay? Everybody's dressed in white, and it just has that bright, bright feeling in a darker aura. But also, the weather's a factor, and then opponent, okay? Penn State wants Michigan, ideally, to be the whiteout game, but that's in November, and you can't predict the weather to that point now. You just assume that it's going to be bad and frigid. And Fox, the network, who, like I said, is adamant, that they put the primetime games for their season, for their broadcast season at noon. Penn State's not going to put a whiteout at noon. They've done the afternoon whiteouts before. They're not doing it again. Pat Craft, James Franklin are not doing that. So it's going to be a nighttime. It depends on who the opponent is, the weather, and when they, when they kick that game off and what network ultimately picks it up. And since Fox wants to put it at noon, then that's on them. So Penn State just simply won't do business. Another comment from Josh. Appreciate the uh, conversation here. Josh says Penn State got really good last year when they implemented the tight ends more. So I hope it opens up the Penn State offense approach this year. The next two games are all about running the ball at will against Northwestern. Brenton Strange offered a uh, a lot more value than I think we gave him credit for. Brenton Strange is actually really good at blocking. Theo Johnson and Tyler Warren, I think there's a little bit of a misconception here. I am not a fan of Theo Johnson as a blocker. I think he's when he moves on to the NFL, he's going to be purely, purely a Y tight end. Because Penn State right now is in a position where they can conceal the playbook, they don't need to open it up as much. Penn State is using Theo Johnson as a blocker when that's just not his game. Can he block? Yes, he has to. He's a tight end. But really, he's a unicorn type of receiver. I think whichever team gets him, and is able to implement him in a more comfortable setting with his skill set, Theo Johnson could have a very nice career as an NFL pass-catching tight end. He's just not a blocker. Then with Tyler Warren, Tyler Warren's okay at blocking, but not to the extent of Brent. Brenton Strange would drive people out of the stadium if he could, right? Brenton Strange, The part of the reason there were so many more explosive plays last season has to do that there is a drop-off from the wide receiver blocking there's also a drop-off from the tight end blocking, and Brenton Strange was a big part of that. So, yes, the tight ends were utilized more because Brenton Strange was a lot better than we gave him credit for, and that's why the Jacksonville Jaguars selected him in the second round. Josh, again, says USC will be next year. I totally agree. I think I've said I said that a while ago, because you, you need content for the offseason, right? Uh, it's been a while since I've had that discussion, but USC will be the whiteout game. Uh, for This is my prediction, but it's going to come true. USC will be the whiteout game. It will also be Penn state's first big 10 home opener in what a decade and a half, right? They've hosted, they've been on the road to open up big 10 play 14 out of the last 15 seasons. Pat Kraft's not going to let that happen again. Now that he's fully entrenched as the athletic director, they will make Ohio's they will make, excuse me, they will make USC the whiteout game and it will be the big 10 home opener in Beaver stadium next season uh, for, for 2024. Uh, but now uh, let's talk Northwestern, right? I, I think I've rambled a lot on the second half of the post game show. Northwestern uh, coming in. Uh, obviously, they're unranked. This game is going to be in Evanston on Saturday, September 30th. It is a 12 p.m. kickoff, and it will be uh, Penn State is a 26 point favorite. The total is 46.5, and coverage will be brought to you by the Big Ten Network. Uh, for Northwestern, they are 2 and 2. <laughs> I've I... I was just being funny when I said that the uh, the over uh, the win total over under is going to be 0. 0.5. They beat UTEP. That surprisingly enough, they beat Minnesota. That is not a game that PJ Fleck and the Golden Gophers should have lost. Uh, I think Minnesota still wins that game nine times out of ten. But you got to win the game that you are. You don't play it ten times. It's not like the NBA with series. You got to win the game that you're playing on the football field. Uh, Northwestern does play Howard. So they are going to win about three games this season. Uh, Penn State won't be one of them. Penn State 4 0. Sixth in the AP polls. They moved up to number six. They actually jumped USC because USC, surprising outcome against uh, Arizona State. But that's what really at a base level, what you need to know about Northwestern. Uh, ben Bryant's the starting quarterback transfer from Cincinnati. David Braun's the head coach interim. The entire staff is still intact for Northwestern, just minus. Pat Fitzgerald. So you still have the Pat Fitzgerald mentality. It's just being expressed through the remaining coaches and the players. But Cam Porter, I think, is a good running back. Like, he's he's talented, but he doesn't have the complementary parts. He doesn't have the offensive line to help him out. The passing game to take off some pressure. The quarterback as well. The defense to be able to get opposing offenses off the field in three and outs. Because well, I like Cam Porter a lot. Him and Evan Hall is a dynamic duo for Northwestern when this team was a little better. In, in a better situation. I hate to see what's what's going on here. I'm not going to comment on Pat Fitzgerald, but I just don't like to see a Northwestern program that y- you think is kind of the beacon of of standards and, and the Wildcats are just in a very low spot right now. But they're doing what they can to fight and you got to respect the teams that are just going to, they'll try to throw the kitchen sink at Penn State because they got nothing to lose uh, except the game but they're going to lose that game Penn State should easily win by four touchdowns on the road even if they do play the backups earlier than that the backups if Penn State played its backups their second and third stringers the whole game they'd still win the game by two touchdowns against this northwestern team
1: I definitely agree with you with the Penn State win by two touchdowns of the backups you put Bo Pablo in he's gonna still he's gonna probably rush for two touchdowns himself exactly Yeah. and Penn State's easily going to win that game, because if you look at what uh, Northwestern's doing, their defense is terrible. They gave up, mm-hmm. like, what was it, 37, 34 points last night to Minnesota. They gave up 38 to Duke. You gave up 24 to Rutgers. Penn State, yep. Penn State's offense is a lot better than all those teams. Like, yes, Duke is having a better season this year than what they normally do, but Penn State's offense could like cover that you said the the total was like 46 points. Penn State can score 46 points alone without the help of yeah. Northwestern. And I don't know if Northwestern, Northwestern can even score on Penn State. They maybe get one garbage touchdown or field goal. Maybe like lighten the game if it's like the third, fourth-string defense. But I don't see how Northwestern can do anything. Yes, their quarterback had a great game against Minnesota with over 300 passing yards. But we're talking about like Penn State's defense. We're not talking about a Minnesota defense. A Minnesota team that was good a few years ago when they beat Penn State, but that's a different Minnesota team. This one this year, they're going to be lucky if they break five, six wins because they don't have the same talent they do. Yes, they still have their quarterback, and he's a decent quarterback, but if you don't have defense, that's not going to do anything. So yes, Northwestern beat them, but... Penn State's going to run through them like a freight train and Northwestern's Mm -hmm. not going to know what happened. They're going in there. Like you said, they have nothing to lose. They're going to play their hearts out. It is a home game for them, but I just don't think there's anything they can do to prepare themselves at this point in the season after already playing four games. And obviously everybody knows that Penn State hasn't shown their true colors, just like Michigan hasn't. Mm -hmm. So, we had a comment about saying like Penn State might use, utilize the run game. I think they could utilize the run game, especially early on, just to save Drew Aller from giving up more offensive plays for scouting reports for Michigan. But I don't think there's anything that Northwestern can do to stop Aller or Catron Allen. And I think even if you throw Trey Potts in there, too, he's been playing pretty good ball, too. So mm-hmm. I think all, all three of those guys, and Bo Bull, obviously, are just going to run through Northwestern and the pass game. Maybe we'll have a couple guys break 50 yards, but the running game is going to slam right through them. Cause that's just where the weakness is going to be for Northwestern.
0: Another comment from Josh. Appreciate the conversation. Northwestern is always a scary place to play in Evanston, Ryan field. Penn State will do a, play a similar game plan, wearing out the Wildcats like they did against Illinois and Iowa. Yes, that's exactly the case. So Josh is spot on, and I think we all are when we say that Penn State doesn't need to do anything different. They're going to run the same 12 personnel. They can get away with it right now. And it's kind of which way does it break? Because what team is going to be best prepared for the unknown? Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan are all going into those games like, whoa, we have not seen the real version of these teams. And I think it's the, it's the quarterback. Uh, Drew Aller is the obvious difference maker here. We have, we have seen it. We've seen glimpses of it, but Drew Aller is uh, the fact that Penn state will be able to the hurt you with the ground game with Singleton and Allen. Again, I think they're being stubborn by running all the inside zone because they're trying to figure it out. Okay. What's not, what needs to work with the interior of the offensive line so that we can get better plays out of the middle ground game. But the outside zone is going to be good for Penn State. They're going to drop some better passing plays. It's just different. Watching Drew Aller with the timing to the sideline, to sideline passes. The ball is there when the receiver turns his head around and it's right. Accurate. He doesn't have to move. Like Drew Aller, the only thing, the only time that Drew Aller has thrown like, well, why did that ball just completely sail or where was that one? Is because of a simple miscommunication. So other than Penn State need cleaning up some communication issues on offense, maybe in especially in the passing game, I really don't see any issues. Clean up the inside ground game, the communication issues with the wide receivers, and that will come in time. Dante Cephas is still new. This is still a first year starting quarterback. Uh, I, th- I think Penn State is set up very perfectly. I'm thinking something for Northwestern somewhere in the neighbor, and these are the games to do it clean up the communication, work on fine tune those little things. So that they're not an issue for Ohio State and Michigan. I'm thinking Penn State wins because I, I don't. I think Penn State can shut out Northwestern, right? and and I'm going to take that back-to-back shutouts. I'm saying I'm thinking something like maybe a 45 to nothing, 49 to nothing. Like you said, Penn State could put up 40 plus points by themselves and
1: cover that total uh, on their own. Zane. Yeah, just like you said, Penn State is easily going to cover. We've had some comments people have been saying about Penn State's defense being like one of the best in the nation. And I think it was pretty evident that, like just yesterday and uh, also a couple of weeks ago when they played Delaware, getting five turnovers then and getting two turnovers yesterday. But the other thing is Penn state, like they have so many defensive schemes and many Diaz like runs a defense mm-hmm. so well that there's also defensive plays that people overlook that Penn state has, hasn't ran yet. Like when it comes time to play Ohio state, there's plays Manny has ready prepared just for stopping Marvin Harrison jr. There's plays that he has just to stop Blake Corm or JJ McCarthy when they play Michigan. Mm -hmm. Like people want to say, Oh, like the offense. Yeah. There's offensive plays that they don't know, but there's defensive plays. They don't know either. Same with special teams. I wouldn't be surprised if Penn state throws out some kind of onside kick craziness when they play a Michigan team at home. I don't think they need to though.
0: I don't think they need to though. That's it. I, I get what you're saying. Pull out the surprises. And that's what Penn State's going to do. But that's, you don't, they, they're they not in a position anymore where they have to fake field goals against Michigan because I totally get what you're saying, Zane. And mm-hmm. I'm not trying to say you're wrong, but they're now in a position where they don't need to do that kind of crazy stuff. So the onside kicks, the fake field goals, because if Penn State made both of their field goals in that Michigan game, I was having that conversation just yesterday at, at when the Iowa Penn State game was going on. Penn State should have won that game, but they were so desperate to get wins against the uh, against those top teams. They didn't believe in themselves. They felt like they needed to just totally scrap a game plan when they were good enough. You make both those field goals, Penn State wins 23-21, and Bruins, Michigan's college football playoff hopes, they are not in a position where they need to do that because they can win with their with their base game plan. They will have deviations of it, but not something like, whoa, we got to take a, a gamble, 100-1 to odds, type of thing and really risk it. They don't need to do that. They can win behind Drew Aller, Nicholas Singleton, this defense, carrying the the Nittany Lions to the finish line and that's nice to know given what we've seen over 2020 and 2021. I think think that's where we should finish it up, Zane, here, is that Penn State uh, is a college football playoff contender. They showed it against Iowa that when they want to turn the Jets on, when they want to put the pedal to the metal, they can and they will and Penn State fans should be pretty excited about what's to come. 12 and 0 is in the cards. A college football playoff berth is definitely a, a poss- It's not a well, we're we're hopeful. No, this is a significant possibility for Penn State. And they now and the schedule opens up in a way that significantly benefits the Nittany Lions with Northwestern, the bye week, and UMass all leading up to. Ohio State become an everyday or subscribe to Locked on Nittany Lions wherever you get your podcast and on the YouTube follow Zane on X on Twitter you can follow myself on X and Twitter same thing the Locked on Nittany Lions podcast you can follow the show as well and keep it right here because more Penn State football content and recruiting
1: news is on the way here on Locked on Nittany Lions